Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by the Public Health Review at the University of Minnesota. Today's Perspectives podcast theme focuses on racism as a public health threat. Our guest today is Zachary Hilton. He currently serves as a senior policy analyst for the Ramsey County Manager's Office. In this role, he works with leadership and the community on a number of different policy and strategic initiatives across the county. His work ranges from homelessness and housing to countywide budgeting performance measurement to criminal justice system transformation, all with an emphasis on addressing racial equity and engaging community. Zachary studied Chinese at the National Taiwan Normal University, completed his undergraduate degree at St. Olaf College, and received a Master of Development Practice degree from the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Zachary also serves in a number of community leadership roles. He is the board chair for Minnesota Community Care, board member for Minnesota Engagement on Shelter and Housing, policy chair for the New Leaders Council Twin Cities Chapter Board, founding member of We Resolve, the Minnesota Hub for Participatory Defense, and board member for Minnesotans Standing Together to End Poverty and Homelessness. Thank you for being with us today, Zachary. Equity is the thing right now. Across organizations, everyone is coming out with equity statements, creating new positions like diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, building offices to support these new leaders, and launching initiatives or labeling existing projects to demonstrate some commitment to equity work. So many of us have seen the drawn image of people watching a baseball game behind a fence, standing on boxes of different heights, stacked to accommodate each person's height so they all watch the game. Some of us even have it in our professional or even personal email signatures. Nevertheless, while the ideological battle between progressivism and conservatism rages across our nation, many are rightfully questioning whether this is all a real investment. And even if equity efforts are flush with power and resource, Are there limitations to the concepts which impact its relevance for really moving the needle for marginalized peoples? In the health sector, the limitations of equity are revealing themselves just as fast as we advance the equity work. We must confront these challenges to avoid disingenuity and potential harm to those communities we intend to promote. Equity is often paired with qualifiers like gender equity or race equity, and usually defined as the point at which that qualifier doesn't predict disparate life outcomes. In the health arena, equity is often communicated as health equity. Definitions range, but generally describe health equity as when everyone can be as healthy as possible. Generally, equity comes from a place of anti-oppression, It calls for an uplifting and prioritization of marginalized voices from marginalized communities to define what they want and how they want to be served. A commitment to equity comes with a commitment to follow through with the direction set by those voices so that they may be authentic directors of the institutions which make up their communities.
I currently serve as the chair of the board for the largest federally qualified health center in Minnesota. Under this distinction, our clinics serve everyone, regardless of their ability to pay, and offer sliding scale fees for those who can. Our nonprofit embeds itself in low wealth, low income, communities of color, school, clinics, and housing which serves our aging populations. The vast majority of our patient population comprises of the Latinx community, with significantly smaller Hmong, Black, White, and American Indian communities local to the East Metro Twin Cities area. Our board is federally required to comprise of majority patients, and we are intentional about meeting that mandate with individuals who represent the communities we serve. Equity is even explicitly declared in our values and strategies and posted all over our website and materials. Based on the structure of this type of organization, one would presume we are well poised to embody the principles and spirit of equity in everything we do. But equity isn't ever that simple. And contrary to the aforementioned presumption, we are only just embarking on our commonly titled equity journey. Our first steps haven't been easy. Federally qualified health centers or community health centers rely heavily on government and philanthropic grants to serve the underinsured or uninsured population. They all struggle to remain financially solvent while serving everyone that comes to their doors. Reimbursement rates do not cover costs per patient. Grant resources are limited by political interest and government underestimations of the number of patients projected to be served, and competitive one-time funding opportunities are inconsistent and unreliable. After reaching a critical point in our financial health, our organization conducted a thorough analysis of our operations and overall structure to identify how we might turn around the financial direction and avoid closure. We found our revenue is highly reliant upon the number of patients served and those patients' ability to pay or reimburse the organization. Nevertheless, we, like many other community health centers, are staffed by doctors who work part-time hours and whose schedules don't always align to fully staffed clinics. This leads to extremely long wait times for patients and limits the number of patients we can see. Strategies to increase staffing and see more patients are further limited by the underinsured or uninsured population for which we have limited grant funds to cover costs for service. Thus, the ability to exercise equity is conspicuously limited by grant size and our capacity to secure competitive funding, which takes from other clinics and their clientele. Beyond the financial structure, Organizational culture also establishes equity limitations within the foundations of these types of organizations. At a culture level, federally qualified health center equity concerns are further amplified by the context of who we serve and who offers that service. Doctors who work at these nonprofits are compensated lower than their peers at premier health institutions, but choose to work in these spaces because of their commitment to the mission and the less rigid work environment. 
These experts who rarely represent the communities they serve have patients who may be experiencing homelessness, legal issues like documentation, or a host of barriers which make these clinics their only option for health resources. This relationship mirrors that of missionary service, entrenching a hierarchy where experts consciously or subconsciously embody saviors for perceived foreign and less developed peoples who would otherwise perish. Furthermore, it disincentivizes excellence or quality improvement as the needy should be grateful for the life-saving services they receive. Uncovering this reality for the board received mixed reactions. While some members were outraged by the disagreement between our equity values and the structure of our organization, others were unaffected. A patient board member from the Latinx community who lives in and works with the neighborhoods our clinics target brought forward a perspective which conflicted with some of the more progressive board members. He shared that his community is less likely to complain about the services they receive and are happy to get any access to health resources. As long as we are serving everyone we can, quality is not as much a priority. Additionally, he shared this community is accustomed to waiting for services and are unfazed by hour-long wait times for access to care. Upon hearing this perspective, other board members who are intentionally, racially, economically, and experientially diverse were extremely incensed. Declarations of racism and inequity were trumpeted. Videos on Zoom were turned off. My phone vibrated violently from text message from other board members threatening their departure from the board or recommending my movement to exit that board member due to his inability to uphold the values of the organization. Effectively, members actively work to marginalize this board member's leadership and way of knowing. It is curious how efforts to support equity and eliminate oppressive structures can lead to oppression of difference itself. After this contention, the board member and I connected to discuss and reflect. Beyond reiterating the validity of his experience and the lived reality of his community, the board member also shared concerns with the approach and the key concepts within the equity narrative moving across the organization and narrative. He shared that many in his community hoped to avoid the attention associated with the equity movement in order to stay off the radar of government systems. Declaring equity standards offered visibility to a community actively hunted by immigration enforcement and other agencies threatening the safety and life of Latinx communities in our neighborhoods. Instances of ICE actively capturing individuals in their homes, cars, and communities for deportation have taken place in our cities and are real fears for those with documentation concerns. Additionally, while we continue to use the language of Latin X to describe the population. His immigrant community did not identify with this title. Many expressed offense towards a categorization with which they did not identify nor want. This all begs the question, 
if our equity narrative is simply another iteration of the Western imperialist nature embedded within Americanism. Americanism distinguishes a competition of perspective, where your voice is pivotal in recognizing your perspective's relevance. Equity brings forward the voices of those who were previously silenced through systemic and historic oppression. But what if those communities do not wish to be heard? Equity also thrives with identity and categorization. To calculate outcomes for different groups, we place people into categories for their evaluation. Imperialism presents an aggressive assimilationist agenda imposed on different people in order to dominate structures and extract resources. One way this is achieved is through naming conventions proposed by the dominant groups to title and relegate the groups they intend to dominate. Equity around identity offers the opportunity for people to define themselves and call out their outcomes to be in focus. But what if the popular categories don't fit? What if a marginalized population wants to be categorized with a dominant one, effectively hiding their outcomes? What if some populations don't want to be categorized at all? These questions offer an opportunity for us to lean into the complexities of equity work and ensure we do not perpetuate the harms we intend to eradicate. For our board, we are wrestling with this now as we retreat for strategic planning and continue to navigate our equity journey. We are still unsure of how we balance our values with the values and priorities of the marginalized communities we serve. But while all of these questions sit before us, the real leadership challenge is keeping a space for us to genuinely discuss them and develop new ways of thinking that actually eliminate disparity outcomes and positively contribute to the wellness of our communities. We would like to extend our gratitude to Zachary Hilton. Thank you so much for being our guest today on Perspectives Public Health Review Podcast and for your unique examination of equity narratives. Hey listeners, do you have work that you want to publish? Submit it to the Public Health Review. We accept submissions on a rolling basis and accept research articles, op-eds, issue briefs, and more. We work with first-time authors and are here to help you through the submission process. Check out our website for more information and instructions for how to submit. Thank you for listening to Perspectives. Let us know what you thought on Twitter at PubHealthReview. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. Music